1: Buddy, and welcome to another edition of the Nice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at American Prodigy, as you just heard. Blue Wire, indeed, and Bet Online. Now, last week we couldn't say this, but we can say it this week as we are recording during Tuesday night football. Week 13 is in the books, Daniel. We are playoff bound. We are heading towards week 14. So- Some leagues start their playoffs even earlier than week 14, but traditionally in your normal 12-team league, we're starting our playoffs in week 14.
2: Yes, sir. This means playoffs. This means uh, in probably the majority of leagues, a trade deadline. And uh, it's the the beginning of the end of the season, but it's exciting. I hope everyone's got some some strong contenders they are working with, or if you're rebuilding – all of your players gained value and you're looking positive. You bought at the right times, you sold at the right times. It's a, it's a beautiful time of year, mostly because most of my teams are in the playoffs, Nathan, and your rebuilding teams are just collecting first round picks, which is good.
1: <laughs> I, I actually have more, I mean mostly contenders at this stage. Um, but I, I will say that there was there's something slightly scary about having a playoff team and whether you have a buy, or if it, you had already just clinched, you know, heading into the, the final week of the regular season, because a lot of my teams, if they had, if, if the playoffs had started this week, it would not have gone well <laughs> because my, my, my teams have some Kareem Hunt shares and some... Uh, Who's the other players? I don't know. Oh, oh, a lot of players that I have didn't do so hot this week and which caused me to think, well, I'm glad I'm not playing for much this week because hopefully next week when there are things to play for, uh, my players do a little bit better. Now, one player who has not been playing well in the 2020 season and has now faced the repercussions of said poor play, and we can debate through this conversation how much of that is his fault. Carson Wentz uh, is heading towards the bench. Uh, he was benched in the middle of the game in week 13. Gave Jalen Hurts some reps against the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, that doesn't really mean much. It's not like they, we saw enough of him to be like, okay, let's plug in Jalen Hurts in our lineups. But Jalen Hurts does have some of the Konami code, the rushing upside, the rushing floor. Um, so what are your initial thoughts from a short-term perspective? And then we can delve into the long-term as well. But what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts in week 14?
2: Well, Jalen Hurts, to me, is a much more exciting fantasy, uh, you know, potential player. Uh, Obviously, a ton of rushing upside. I I think he does just fine throwing the ball. I think he's closer to Lamar Jackson, you know, throwing. And, I mean, his, his legs do plenty. Obviously, we saw him thrive at Oklahoma and even at Alabama. But mostly, you know, we saw what Lincoln Riley could do with him at Oklahoma, and he He genuinely looked like he could be a game changer at this level, but as a thrower, just wasn't all the way there. Um, But also we saw some things from guys like Dak Prescott, who threw the ball kind of similarly to Jalen Hurts in college and are seeing obvious success in the pros. Now, Hurts, it's, you know, he's kind of in the position where Carson Wentz has been. He doesn't really have anyone to throw to. The offensive line is banged up, so he's going to be relying probably more on his legs than anything uh, until these guys start getting open. Yeah, he's got the nice tight end combination to work with, but even early on here, it's going to probably be a little bit of a struggle, and I don't think it's going to be much of a a productive struggle. I know sometimes um, guys have issues and and rely on volume. Uh, I think we might see Philadelphia turn back to running the ball a little more then maybe they have been utilizing Miles Sanders a touch more, or even keeping Boston Scott involved. So I, I like the potential and, and what seems to be a pretty good upside of Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't say I'm all in on him. Uh, I'm not going to go out and, and start shopping for him. I will say it's not a great look for Carson Wentz, but I do believe he'll still land on his feet and find, find a starting job somewhere because as much, as, as much depth as we think there is at the quarterback position, some of these guys are getting old. Uh, some of the guys we thought were good aren't. And uh, there, there's going to be jobs. There's always always a job at the quarterback position. So I still think you've got two starters here. And um, it, I, I would assume Wentz will probably be on a different team in the near future.
1: Yeah, the, the problem isn't that Carson Wentz is one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the world. But the problem is, is that he doesn't really have a movable contract for at least two years. True. And so... He's kind of stuck with Philly. Whether they decide to go with Hertz, whether they uh, go to decide to go with a first-round QB, like there's not really any way for him to be off of the roster. Certainly in 2021, there's a slight chance of 2022, but even with that, the cap penalties would be egregious to where it's like, okay, do you want to give him half his money to go away? Like, is that really the case? We'll see, but. Um, my my main takeaway from this, as far as a short term perspective is that I always like when running backs get that mobile quarterback in the backfield because because, uh, that, I mean, especially a player, you hate Miles Sanders between the tackles. Who's going to get Miles Sanders outside the tackles? Jalen Hurts by some some read option type stuff. So I think this, this helps his stock. Sanders has been kind of up and down throughout the season. And I think this is a plus for him because not that Wentz is a statue back there, but you know he's not. He's certainly not as mobile as Jalen Hurts, um, and you know, and obviously in a superflex league, if you only have two quarterbacks and Hurts is one of them, then I'm, you're I'm fine. You know, putting him in the lineup here, there is a, a decent floor there around you know ten to twelve points in your normal scoring league, uh, but I, I do think the upside is limited because I mean, I'm partially not backing out on Wentz because the situation is so bad. So why would Jalen Hurts make the situation better?
2: Well, I mean. Wentz, honestly, throughout his career, hasn't exactly had a, a, a wealth of players to use, but we've seen him be productive, and we've also seen him regress significantly. I feel like his his rookie year to sophomore year leap was one of the more impressive, uh, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, so the what he essentially led... The 11 and 2 because he didn't play the entire season. Philadelphia Eagles, who were then led by Nick Foles to the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. That was that leap from rookie to sophomore is the kind of leap you expect to see from an elite quarterback. But then, ever since then, ever since that injury, he has not been the same quarterback. Last year, he didn't look completely awful. But he still wasn't the same guy. He wasn't turning the ball over at quite at the high rate as he has. But also, been.
1: This, i mean, as as bad as the sporting cast is this year, it was even worse last year.
2: Right. So I mean, we, we're slowly creeping back up to finding some players to use. So I think that's less of an argument to make in this situation. And I think there's either just something not right. Maybe 2017 was a fluke because that defense was so good, or. And, you know, maybe maybe there's just something behind the scenes that, that we don't know. It's, you can't speculate on those things. We just have to take what we have at face value. And all we've seen is him regressing. And, and that, to me, it leaves kind of an uncomfortable feeling. So I think the Hurts move is something that's just trying to either save Doug Peterson's job or Howie Roseman's job. Uh, we've seen Howie Roseman get out of bad contracts or make bad contracts work in the past. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we see Carson Wentz get traded to someone like Washington or Indy. Indy, right? We we've seen teams take on big kind of awful contracts at that position. Could even argue for someone like San Francisco if if they're not going to be reaching for a quarterback. You know, there's there's options It's a it's a bad contract based on the way he's playing, but it's not that bad of a contract if you think that you can get 2017 Carson Wentz back.
1: Right. Uh, And I was thinking about this. I think it was in regards to a different player. But no matter what, every time a franchise quarterback signs a contract, it's like, oh, my goodness, you're paying way too much money. And then in three years, like like Derek Carr's not good. But at the time of his contract, it was like, this is the worst contract ever. Right. And now he's like the 16th best paid quarterback. Which <laughs> is, is Derek Carr top, top 16 quarterback? He's probably around there. He's probably like, you know, 15 to 16.
2: Yeah, in that 20-year range, probably. Yeah. And I think, I think you probably have Carson Wentz in that kind of same window. Um, you know, we see with like the Kirk Cousins contract, god awful. But as the years pass, it's starting to become a little bit better of a contract. Now, Kirk Cousins is still really bad, but he makes do with, with what he can make do with. Um, the other thing is that the Eagles do have an out after the 2021 season on the Wentz contract. It's not the greatest out in the world, but it is an out. So we could see a weird, like, partial wildcat package slash Hertz, like, they split series or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with Doug Peterson. We'll see what happens with the situation. I still think Carson Wentz is good enough. I've never thought he was going to be great or a franchise quarterback, but I think he's good enough where he's going to get a shot pretty much no matter what. And I do like Jalen Hurts, assuming Doug Peterson sticks around, because if, if Peterson can kind of get this offense back on its feet, the combination of Hurts and Miles Sanders is going to be so dynamic, even keeping those tight ends involved. I feel like everyone will be more productive with Jalen Hurts, you know, under center, even though he's probably not a better quarterback, he's just a better athlete. and He's more explosive, bigger playmaker.
1: And to wrap up wentz Hurts. Uh, uh, we'll talk about their their Superflex nice value. I, I think they're both worth more than a second, worth less than a first. If you can get a first for either of these guys at this stage, I'd rather take a swing at a rookie here. You might even think that's a little bit of undersell, but I think that the first-round guys are going to be a better bet than either of these guys um but if you can get Wentz for a second that's definitely a move i'd be trying to make right now um and and in terms of like Wentz versus Hurts straight up like if you need the quarterback now i guess go Hurts but i i mean if i could trade Hurts for Wentz it's not a move i would hate making especially if i'm not contending
2: it's a weird one i don't know that i'd trade one for the other i i think like you said it would probably be dependent on what my team's doing if i'm contending and i need the points maybe i make that move for Hurts but honestly I feel like there's probably more longevity, even though uh, Carson Wentz is like 93 years old because he came in the league as a 25-year-old or whatever it was. So I, I don't know. It, it's a weird spot. I think you're, you're right in that kind of soft spot, more, more than a second, less than a first. Uh, I would highly doubt anyone selling Carson Wentz for a high second. You could certainly try. Maybe getting out of a player that's got name value, um, I'm like, would you move Odell Beckham for Carson Wentz in a super flex league, or or Odell Beckham for Jalen Hurts in a super flex league? No, I mean, I, but I'm an Odell Beckham fan. So, sure. So, I, I mean, those those could be types of moves to make. Uh, maybe adding a little bit on top, but yeah, it's it's kind of a weird spot where neither's really a good buy, and also it's a really hard time to sell either one. Just a, we haven't seen enough of Jalen Hurts yet to really know what's going on. So, I guess if you want to get in on the ground floor. Now is probably a decent time to buy. Still going to be a little bit more at a premium to purchase him. Uh, And if you'd think that 2017 Carson Wentz exists, it's probably a good time to buy if you're willing to give up a late first.
1: For sure. All right, let's go on to Tennessee Titans and Corey Davis. This man has been making a name for himself in the 2020 season. I mean, we say it every time it happens. It's happened a lot recently with – Corey Davis, and then uh, Devontae Parker the year before, and there's several other examples in the last few years. Devontae Adams was a, was a little bit earlier, but still had the bad struggles to begin his career. Now, with Corey Davis, he is a pending free agent, and uh, so I so guess this is year four, not, not year three, um, but still, anyways, Corey Davis, later career breakout here, Um I, I like Corey Davis, and I, I would be buying if his price wasn't skyrocketing, but it's now in the late first ter- territory, I think. So what do you think of his new price? Is this a little bit too much, too fast? Do you think this is about where he, he belongs?
2: Well, I think he's finally showing us, obviously, what we all expected to see given his draft capital. It, it's been, It's been a struggle with Corey Davis. It's been very boom bust uh, aside from this year. And I think I think our good friend Ryan McDowell tweeted out that his his mediocre games this year have been usable. He hasn't been either a wide receiver one slash two or bench fodder. I mean, every single game essentially this year has been uh like a top 25, top 30 game. So. With that, you know, you'd like to think that he'll continue and build off of what we have here. Obviously, with the, a little bit of uncertainty to his his future, is a little bit worrisome. Uh, even though, as of late, we've seen a lot of a lot of guys not have any issue moving to a new place, uh, starting starting over with a new team. Love the combination of he and AJ Brown for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, um, that. That theoretically should always leave someone wide open, but we'll see. I would imagine Tennessee's picking up that option, Uh, and then
1: no, 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 it's over.
2: Is it over? He only had four years,
1: right? So, oh yeah,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, so he he is an an unrestricted free agent. So who knows what the future brings? Maybe they maybe they get him to re-sign on a on a hometown discount, if you will,
1: because of or I mean, obviously, the other option is always an expensive tag.
2: Sure, or or a, or a big boy tag, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it, I, I'd like to see him maybe move where he can go be a 1A, but also having A.J. Brown, like I said, I mean, that's massive for both of them. That that makes life a lot easier for whoever the quarterback is, assuming it's Ryan Tannehill, and it honestly makes life easier for both of them. It makes life easier for Derrick Henry. Having two legit wide receivers on your offense makes everything go so much smoothly. Obviously, they still have Johnny Smith, too, so um, there's no lack of talent here. Keeping Corey Davis, in my opinion, would be one of the better things they could do. I probably would have done that over paying Derrick Henry or uh, doing whatever you want to do there. But uh, I still think Corey Davis is probably slightly undervalued given his production this year. Uh, obviously, draft capital matters a lot less at this point in time. But let's not forget, he was a really high pick. Um, he's got the chops, no doubt. He, he proved that in college. He's he's shown plenty in his first three seasons. Obviously, now in his fourth season, he's fully broken out. I think we can officially say that this is his true coming out party. Uh, even though he definitely did enough in the past to warrant him potentially being a big-time wide receiver, it was just wildly inconsistent. So now we have the consistency. We hope to see him re-sign here. I think a re-sign here would be would make the most sense. Um, but if he does get a big contract elsewhere, and we assume his alpha status, that, that could lead to a huge value swing.
1: Yeah, either way, he's going to be a team's top two wide receiver, whether it's in Tennessee yeah. or elsewhere. And there are more attractive wide receiver two positions than the Tennessee wide receiver two with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill not being a pass-heavy type passer, so pass-heavy type quarterback. So um, there's, there's definitely possibilities for uh, growth in terms of value other places, but staying in Tennessee doesn't take his value. Obviously, he's showing that he's probably a wide receiver too in fantasy if he stays in Tennessee.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think honestly, it's probably a win-win. We just need to keep seeing this consistency. Um, even though the usage has been somewhat inconsistent, he's doing what he can with what he gets for targets. So uh, we've seen plenty of production. I, I'm, I'm good with saying that. I, I think officially, Corey Davis is legit.
1: You know, us is legit our friends over at Indeed.
2: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to ComScore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Now, one rookie who many were writing off his rookie season before it was even over is one Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had his struggles to start the season, but he seems to be finding a little bit of a groove in his last two games, 22 points and 15 points. So not bad for the young back who, you know, had some struggles around, but, you know, realistically, we're looking at it. One, two, three, four, five six seven he, he has seven games in the teams this year uh this year granted teens isn't really a high threshold for a guy who many were taking in like the third or fourth round of redrafts and obviously people took one hundred and one on and and, and nice drafts but i do think some of his some some of his you know shade on his value has been a combination of james robinson and the expectations that taylor had um but he hasn't really been too bad it's just just been more so the expectations were really high and there's some success in the other backs with James Robinson and, and Swift to an extent
2: high expectations always kind of lead us to overreact um, especially when we're talking about rookies but I think to say he's been good might be a little bit of a stretch he's had an extremely soft schedule and he's looked in my opinion pretty mediocre doing it I still think he's He's one of the most talented, if not the most talented backs in this class. My issue is he's really only done a lot against bad defenses. His last two against Green Bay and Houston, two of the worst run defenses in the league. His early game where he broke out against Minnesota when half of their defense was dead. I mean, come on. He, he struggled mightily against Detroit, which wasn't great. He, I mean, he only had like 13 touches, but still did next to nothing with them. Struggled with Baltimore, even though he did get the touchdown. Tennessee, also not good. Struggled mightily. That was a weird game. But nonetheless, I mean, it, we've seen a kind of a lack of efficiency. But when, when we see him starting to play well, it seems like teams start to focus him. And when they focus him, they can take him away. We also have to deal with the Colts seeming to want to keep more than just Jonathan Taylor involved. Naheem Hines has been has played a massive role this year um i don't know that anyone really saw that coming i think uh i think the passing game probably we could have assumed but he's been getting carries uh, and taylor's been uh i guess a little bit banged up uh, or maybe he missed the one game
1: yeah, it, was, it was it was his girlfriend had COVID, so he's
2: okay so he was on quarantine so he hasn't been banged up i guess um which is good I, I was i was thinking for some reason it was a it was an injury related thing, but good for for quarantine reasons um so i mean he's he's been there, but the usage again he's a rookie, but it's been inconsistent he's been a little bit inefficient. I would like to see him start to, to continue to take strides these this last month of the season and build off of these decent games against the kind of poor defenses. love to see him get in the end zone. 'Cause I mean the Colts offense has been actually decent. I mean, they're putting up like thirty points a game or thirty five points a game, something like that. So they they've been they've been, you know, fantasy relevant for sure. We've seen the passing game take a little bit of uptick here, seeing guys like Michael Pittman start to break out, T. Y. Hilton return to T. Y. Hilton status, and Phillip Rivers not being a potato, strangely. Uh, which I didn't expect at this point, but I still think Jonathan Taylor has has plenty in the tank. I definitely don't think think we've seen the best of him, and um, I mean he's he's got to be a, a dynasty RB one still, without doubt. Uh, I don't think he's above DeAndre Swift at this point. I, I think I'm finally ready to to jump that ship. I think Swift is um, pretty clearly the RB one in this class. He's continued Over to James show. Over James Robinson? <laughs> yeah, I think well. I mean, now, does that make James Robinson 2 is the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking Swift and Taylor over Robinson. uh, And I wouldn't go out of my way to trade CEH for Robinson. But, like, if we're in a startup draft, I'm looking at those two. I think I'm taking Robinson.
2: CEH is going to be entirely situationally focused. That's it. It's the Chiefs and the fact that he was a decently high draft pick. Otherwise, I mean, he's a very, very mediocre player. He, he defines M-E-H. Meh.
1: <laughs> There's a drop right there. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is – I don't have it in front of me <laughs> – which is Logan Thomas. <laughs> Logan, Logan, Logan. Um, I think I've put him on here a couple times this year after his big games. And you're, every time you're like, Nathan, why are we talking about tight ends? Why are we talking about Logan Thomas? I
2: blame Eric for this one.
1: <laughs> we all do. We all do. Now, Logan Thomas, It as we know, it doesn't take much to enter the top 10, top 7 tight end conversation. And I think it's time to talk about it with Logan Thomas.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I mean, he's 29, and 29 in tight ends years, I mean, he's just a baby at this point. He's, he's fresh out the womb, ready to go, um, ears pinned back. He doesn't have a ton of usage, doesn't have a, you know, a, a long list of, of any craziness. So, I mean, there's pretty, plenty of tread left on the tires, and we've seen him this year be pretty good. And like you said, tight ends is just a disgusting landscape of waste. And when you can produce in said landscape, people are going to take notice. You're going to move up the ranks. He's probably a low-end tight end one or a high tight end two. It's hard not to have him there. He's potentially higher than that. His usage is consistent. Alex Smith loves tight ends. Who knows what the future of quarterback is there? I mean, Alex Smith, for the love of God, went an entire season without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. So if he's going to throw touchdown passes to anybody, it's probably going to be Logan Thomas. He's got what? six on the season five on the season we'll we'll take that and plenty of games over you know whatever he's got got essentially four catches in every game aside from a couple where uh, i think it was either the Dwayne haskins or kyle allen fiasco but really since alex smith has taken over uh he's been a a pretty decent part of the game plan
1: yeah for sure uh and Alex Smith isn't the 2021 quarterback for Washington. I don't know who is. If they win the division, they're so in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> I mean, like they're going to end up with uh, what's his face, uh, Mac Jones or something like that. Ooh. Um, there you go, Mac Jones in Washington. Um, but yeah, as far as Logan Thomas here, I, I think that he's he's solid. I like if it was a tight end. I mean, it's probably too late for this, but. In a tight end premium league, I would give up a late second, early third if I really needed a tight end right now. Um, But more so, Logan Thomas is the definition of a January sell and a May buy. So in January, you're going to look at the the season standing you're say, wow, Logan Thomas finishes the tight end. He had eight touchdowns. He had this and he had that. And people are like, oh, wow, I'm excited for Logan Thomas in 2021. And then when we get to April, people are like, Logan Thomas, is he even worth a roster spot?
2: <laughs> who the hell is that guy?
1: <laughs> and so these type of players who have shows some, shows some, some life early in, I mean, throughout the season, but just don't really clench onto that dynasty value, their January sells, April buys.
2: That may have been the wisest thing you have ever said. I, I I got goosebumps from that, genuinely. Uh, for reference, Alex Smith is technically signed through twenty twenty two. Washington does have an out after this season if they win the division and he leads them there, and they even make the slightest amount of noise in the playoffs. Nathan, Alex Smith is the quarterback in twenty twenty one. They're not making any noise. The, the I don't know. They just they just took out the the Pittsburgh Steelers, so.
1: Yeah, the Bucks will be traveling to the Washington football team, and uh, they'll they'll lose that game too. All right. <laughs> now, before we head into where we're, I don't think we mentioned this on top of the show, we're going to talk about some our favorite playoff formats to wrap up the show today. But before we do, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online.
2: Football is in full swing. Heck, we're almost done with it. And you might not be at any games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All righty, now let's talk some favorite playoff formats. Um, Make sure to check out my series, Commissioner Chronicles, on the DLF YouTube channel if you want to hear some intense commissioner talk. I'm pretty sure I have a playoff episode. If not, maybe I should record one. (laughs) But um, I'll start off with uh, my main one that is – implemented in all my leagues every league that i've written in the last you know four or five years has had this rule in it and it's no matchups in the playoffs it is a free for all it is the top half teams advance each week there is so much luck involved in head-to-head matchups that the involving like so for example if in the, the first round you have the three through six seeds the sixth seed is just as likely to score the most point much the most points as the fourth seed, the fifth seed. So, like, it just stinks if you, you know, have the, the best team, you know, the best team and just so happen to face the top score as that sixth seed. So um, I, I like to just reward the, the top two scoring teams each week to, you know, d- decrease that luck a little bit. And uh, it, it seems out of all the, the league rules I've ever implemented, this one has very little pushback other than the fact that every single year when I send out my playoffs email, I'll have one person that says, Oh, I forgot that we don't have head-to-head in the playoffs, even though it's the sixth year of the league.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I really do enjoy the all-play in the playoffs. I think, I think it definitely reduces the the luck, if you will. Um, but it also very much keeps it alive because, like you said, the six seed just as well can score you know, score those points as the one seed. So, um, it, what it pretty much gives you is is your best teams moving forward even if for one random week that six seed that just barely snuck into the playoffs randomly scores 210 points and moves on. It's, it's part of the game. It exists. There's in the end, most of the time it balances itself out. Now, sometimes we go on crazy runs and all play works directly in, in someone's favor who that team just happened to get hot right then. And they were horrible all season. So uh, for the most part, your best teams end up getting those top few spots in every league, and I, I do really love the all play. Uh, I, I think it's a it's an absolute blast. It keeps everyone involved because, for the most part, if you get you know that the three seed playing the six seed, and for the most part, that six seed's not really feeling like they're they're having much of a chance. The four or five always seems pretty interesting, but even when the six seed upsets the three, well, now you got to play the one. Come on. Yeah. you know and,
1: and one funny thing is that uh, in week 13 one, one of my league that's a 24 team lead, 12 team playoffs uh, started in week 13 and going into now Tuesday night because there was a Tuesday night game this week going into Tuesday night the final game of, of the of the week every single team that was below the bubble line had a player left So going in, I mean, yes, theoretically, if you have a tight end left and you're down 30 points, you don't really have a shot, but theoretically everyone had a shot to get to the, you know, the the cut line because they had a player left. So that that, involves some more fun involved, especially in in larger leagues.
2: Another, another thing I like to add, and and I actually, I think probably stole this from John Bosch and he probably stole it from somebody else, but picking your opponent. uh, I think that's an absolute blast. That adds another, another factor of trash talk, if you will, like, (laughs) I'm the three seed. I get to pick who I get to play. I guess what four seed. I saw you. I saw you run off a, a couple of easy wins at the end of the season to gain that four seed, and I, I kind of enjoy that. Again, it adds a little bit of a trash talk factor. Um, and honestly, when you're the better seed, you get to you get to enjoy any sort of uh, extra benefit that you can get. Obviously, the one and twos are, are getting buys, but this allows you to get a small you know amount of upper hand. Another thing I like to do is doing cumulative totals over multiple weeks, uh, whether it be a two-week total or a full playoff total. I've done that as well. Uh, that's actually really fun, where that and in- pretty much entirely reduces the chance of one person having one random massive week, which leads them to somehow winning the whole thing. Whereas doing big boy cumulative scores, the best team is pretty much going to come out on top on that one. So those are two I really like. I, I don't hate the old-fashioned, just you know getting your seated bracket and reseeding obviously to make sure the best team is always playing the lowest seed. But um, you know, there there's so many different options. I think all play really balances it. Cumulative score is fun because it keeps everyone involved pretty much for the whole time, but you still get that little bit of fun too. when you get to pick your opponent.
1: Yeah. The cumulative score does play into the other thing I was going to bring up, which is a very easy thing to do. And it's, and so I'll, uh, I think more common back in the day, like 10, 12 years ago when you know, many people were playing ESPN, Yahoo Leagues, those leagues used to have Week 15, 16 championships where the basically the cha- it, was, it extended the playoffs from probably like Week 13, 14, 15, 16, things like that. Um, but instead of doing that, you have your normal playoffs. But your Week 15 score, and you could even do Week 14 as well, but you know if you want to just have it a little bit smaller and more, and more compact, your Week 15 score carries over. So the, the, the two teams that, that advance forward, if one team scored one twenty-one, one team scored one eighteen, then basically the, one team starts out with a three point advantage going into the week. And I do think that if you expand it a little bit more, obviously it's more likely there's going to be a bigger gap between the two teams and which makes it a little bit less fun. So you, you want it you want the team that, you know, has been playing or at least played well in week fifteen to have some sort of advantage, but you don't want them to have it locked up before the week even
2: starts. Absolutely, another another kind of fun one, especially if you're doing either all play or cumulative um, for those top seeds because they're not really gaining any advantage by having to do all play. You know, you went all season, you're the best team in the league, but now all of a sudden you could get but You bounced. get
1: the buy, you get the buy though.
2: Not not always, and and some of the on some of the all plays, everyone goes all play, and the top four move on, which I, I like those formats as well. Um, but in those, you can. Gift the one and two seed their regular season scoring average. Um, That's kind of a nice floor, kind of a nice benefit. Again, if you're not if you're not going to go the full way of giving them their buy, you can allow them some sort of upper hand to at least guarantee them certain amount of points. So if they happen to have a stinker, they can at least take advantage of what they were able to do during the regular season and and have that to lean on. So inevitably giving or essentially giving them. A really nice floor to build off of, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make it. But chances are, if they were a top I don't know. two team,
1: if a, if, a, if a top two seed gets their average, and more than likely they're going to have.
2: I, I had it. I had it in a league uh, that I'm unfortunately no longer in. Uh, it folded, but uh, where we did the all-play top two seeds got their league average. I didn't score enough to surpass my first overall league average, and all, every team, including the team that was in second scored more points than me. So I got sixth out of six in the first round of the playoffs with my league average. (laughs) That's
1: crazy. All righty. Um, Any last playoff uh, one? Marty's ready to go. You didn't even say Kedushia. I I did. He's he's, he's premature barking here. Um, So any, any last playoff things before we wrap up?
2: No, I, I just think, you know, it doesn't have to be all that serious. I know some people are playing for lots and lots of money try to have fun with it. Make make the playoffs just as fun as as the regular season should be. Make sure the trash talk is still there. Keep it keep it light. We all take these things too seriously time to time. I know I definitely do. But have fun with it. Make it your own. Don't just implement things either commissioners. Try to make sure your league is is into whatever you're trying to do. Um even make it seem like their idea sometimes. When when you're a really good commissioner like Nathan, you can make Sometimes bad ideas seem like good ideas and make it everyone else's idea.
1: Sure. <laughs> All right. That should wrap us up for this evening. Good luck in your first week of the playoffs for those that are starting in week 14. And we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>
2: right, on. right on time. Right on time.